You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, we are in America's Web Radio, the most eclectic, conservative shows in the radio. We are in Let's Talk Venezuela. Uh, right now, uh, Josie Cruz is not with us, but we have the legend, David Moxley. How are you, Dave? Doing fine, thank you. And uh, our technical chief, Brett, how you been? Doing good, thank you. Doing good. Well, what a, what a hectic week, isn't it? With the Afghanistan thing and and all the the news that is going on, and the first news is the following: four Iranian spies indicted for plotting the kidnapping of a critical journalist based in New York. According to the Justice Department, the regime's secret service wanted to kidnap. Masi Alijayad, an American author of Iranian origin. They were studying taking her to sea by sea to Venezuela. A New York court has charged four Iranian citizens, an intelligence agents, and three cooperatives from the same network with plotting the kidnapping of a Brooklyn journalist and writer critical for, of the regime. Although the Department of Justice does not reveal the author's name, the Reuters agency and the New York Times confirmed that it is Masid Alinejad, an American citizen of Iranian origin. A human rights activist who was very important in the battle against the mandatory veil for women. According to the indictment document, the group had planned to kidnap her since at least June 2020, and considered taking the journalists out by sea to Venezuela. The defendants hired a private investigation. This PI followed, monitored, and photographed their target, as well as members of her household, under another pretext. The surveillance includes high-definition video of the journalist's home. One of the group members also analyzed the service of a military style motorboat company and study possible riders to Venezuela, where the government of Nicolas Maduro, as the Department of Justice recalled, maintained good relations with Tehran. The four defendants in the kidnapper plot reside in Iran. At the same time, a fifth citizen of Iranian origin, Nilufar Bahadurian, alias Nelly Bahadurifa, lives in California and is accused to providing financial service to the scheme. 
According to the Associated Press, she has pleaded non-guilty and released on bail. The other defendants are Alirisa Savaroni Fergadi, known as Vezeran Salimi, Ah Ali, 50, Mahmoud Kassin, 42, Kiya Sadegi, 35, and Omid Nuri, 45. This plan was part of a larger mission that involved capturing other three individuals in Canada and another in the United Kingdom to take them to Iran. According to the United States Justice Department, one of the devices used by Fahrani contains images of the Brooklyn journalists and those of two other individuals. These two victims were kidnapped already by these Iranian secret agents on U.S. soil and taken to Venezuela. Out of the two victims, execute one already in Tehran, and the other one is in prison in Iran. When the accusation was made public, Masid Alinejad told Reuters that she was in shock and that she had been collaborating with the FBI for a few months. This is very, very dangerous. Kidnapping American citizens that has um, origin of any country and and taking them to all the, uh, overseas is something outrageous. And uh, after what happened in Afghanistan, we will be seeing this kind of things more often, unfortunately. Well, that was the first news. My dear friend, what do you think about this? Well, I think, uh, as you just said, we'll see more of it, and uh, I think we'll see worse days ahead. Um, 9-11's coming. I think uh, the Taliban will try to pull something off on 9-11, if not before. And uh, I think we're in for a rocky road. Yes, definitely. They are, have the nerve to kidnap American citizens and take them on force to other countries. And unfortunately, the breach on this uh, uh, event is Venezuela. We need to we need to investigate thoroughly this this kind of things. Well, that's the that's that was the first news. The second news is that the opposition in Venezuela got uh, an agreement, a, memo, a memorandum of understanding between the government of the Bolivarian Republic of Venezuela and sectors of Venezuelan opposition this was published in the official Gazette of the Republic of Venezuela, number 6637, dated August 17, 
uh, this was published by Pandecta Digital uh, very close friends of me sent me this information uh, they had a they had a meeting in Mexico City and um, they're negotiating a lot of things but they are not negotiating the main thing that is to uh, eliminate socialism in Venezuela that uh, that was non negotiable so you know it's it's sad because you cannot you cannot negotiate with communists um, at the end of the line they always um, break the the any agreement that you reach on them but is the news and I have to read it. The memorandum of understanding <coughs> the the parties designated in this process are the government of the Bolivarian Republic of Venezuela and the Unitary Platform of Venezuela. Um, they said that on the, the protection of the constitution of the Bolivarian Republic of Venezuela, that need to put the welfare of Venezuelan people at the center of attention, you know, blah, 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 blah. But let's go to the meat on this agreement. They said that we have agreed to carry out a comprehensive and incremental dialogue and negotiation process based on a plan, format, and guidelines. Agreed upon the government of the Bolivarian Republic of Venezuela and the Unitarian Platform of Venezuela before the talks in Mexico City, capital of the United Mexican States, whose agendas is follow. One, political rights for all. Two, electoral guarantees for all. Election schedule for observable elections. Three, lifting of sanctions, restoration of rights of assets. Four, respect for the constitutional state of law. Five, political and social coexistence. Renounce violence and repayment of reparations for victims of violence. Six, protection of the national economy and social protection measures for the Venezuelan people. Seven, guarantee implementation, monitoring and verification of what we have agreed already. The problem is they are agreeing, uh, agreeing on something that's supposed to be um, sealed in the Venezuelan constitution, the political rights or the electoral guarantees or the, or the respect of the constitutional state of law. The fifth is very important political and social coexistence. 
But the problem is the government of Venezuela since Chavez, they unrespect the life, the liberty of the Venezuelan people. I quite remember that uh, once uh, a family, the Fandul, uh, Fandul um, family, they lost uh, three children on an assault. And the president of Venezuela at that time, uh, Mr. Chavez, said that the, that family must stop the show. Okay, so that's the kind of unrespectful that this uh, tyranny have been working with uh, the Venezuelan people since more than 20 years ago. Well, so the, the protection of the national economy. Listen, there is not a national economy. There is only a economy. And when a regime destroys the, the, the private enterprise, when the regime robs the people, well, you know what are the consequences. And uh, we will uh, continue to read this agreement after these messages. Hi, this is Rocky Blair former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, we're in America's Web Radio, and this is Let's Talk Venezuela. And I'm reading right now the memorandum of understanding that the false opposition in Venezuela reached with the uh, tyranny of um, Nicolás Maduro. We have also agreed on the following general terms. Objective of a comprehensive negotiation. The objective is to reach an agreement, though through intense, comprehensive, incremental, and peaceful negotiation to establish clear rules of political and social coexistence with absolute respect of the national constitution. Again, all this crap 
is in the Constitution of Venezuela. But they had to write something on a piece of paper. Don't you think, my dear friend? <laughs> okay, the method. The negotiation will occur on the, the principle that nothing is agreed upon until everything is ready. However, the parties may enter into a partial agreements if they consider that the subjects they relate to on if its implementation is urgent, necessary, or at least verifiable before the end of the negotiation. In the final agreement, early agreements will be including. They will be irreversible from their issues without prejudice to the possibility of adjusting them to the circumstances or improving them taking into account, among others, the principle of progressivity. Representation. Each party will designate its delegation of nine members. It will endeavor to include women in delegation. Oh, they, they are so, so near to the, to the Islamic world that they now include women in the negotiation, not citizens. Huh? They, <laughs> Okay, participation. We will be establishing consultation mechanism with other political and social and, so, and social actors. They know they love the the term social in everything that they write. International accompaniment. <coughs> the facilitator, the Kingdom of Norway, the Companions, Kingdom of Netherlands, and the Russian Federation, Group of Friends, the facilitator, Kingdom of Norway, will invite and announce the countries that will make up the Group of Friends on the process. Place Mexico City, United Mexican States signing Mexico City on August 13, 2021 by Jorge Jesus Rodriguez Gomez, the governor of the Bolivarian Republic of Venezuela, Gerardo Blight Perez, the Unitary Platform of Venezuela, and Doug Harbour Nylander, the Kingdom of Norway. Okay, now the Russian Federation is one of the parties to will be um, negotiating any agreement here. But the problem is that the Russian Gen Federation, China, Communist China, Communist Cuba, and Iran are the four of uh, the fourth um, countries that invades Venezuela without, um, you know, intervening Venezuela all the time. And it's, and it's uh, unacceptable that one of those people um, being p 
part of negotiation between the, between the tyranny of Venezuela and any party, not only these clowns of the now named the Unitary Platform, that is the same MUD, or the same uh, people, you know, it's the same people, they only change the branding, but it's the same people. Gerardo Blight Perez. Okay. Yeah, now you know what is going on. Here, you don't see any um, uh, question about to change the system. No. They don't want to change the system. They want to share power. And um, that's, that's sad because the least people on, on this list is the Venezuelan people. They don't, they don't account for anything. It's just an agreement between two parties that support, that wants to share power because of the uh, awful problem that Venezuela is confronting now. Um, it's sad, but it is the way it is. It is the way that Venezuelans have since the early uh, 30s that in a progressive way we've been losing our freedoms and liberties in the name of the social um, good. You know, it's more important the social good than the individual good. And uh, they don't understand that the social good is only this, the, the sum of the uh, individual's uh, good. So you cannot have a social good if you don't have first individual good. And that's, and that's the difference between socialism and uh, a system of liberties that uh, create uh, wealth and create um, all the all the advantage. I don't want to to say that it's the capitalism system because capitalism is a consequence of the liberty system, and uh, they don't they don't want to to give liberty and freedoms to the Venezuelan individuals. That is the reality. In another, in another um, news, uh, Foro Penal confirmed that Venezuela has 268 political prisoners. If you read the, uh, if you hear about the memorandum of understanding, this point didn't appear the political prisoners. Uh, so they don't care about freedom. They just care about power. That's another circus. For Penal, the vice president 
of the renowned NGO report that 9,406 people remain subject to arbitrary criminal proceedings for political reasons, but under precautionary measures. The total number of detainees explained the NGO for a penal, 327 are men and 26 women, while there are 230 civilians, 123 members of the Bolivarian National Armed Force. The Venezuela NGO for Penal denounced that there are 268 detained citizens in the country whom they consider political prisoners, seven less than the report of July 27. As of today, the Penal Forum have registered 268 political prisoners in Venezuela. In addition, 9,406 people remain subject to arbitrary criminal proceedings for political reason, but on the preventing measures, said the Vice President of NGO, Gonzalo Himiop, on his Twitter account. He explained that by gender of the 268, 253 are men and 15 are women, while by occupation 133 are military and 135 civilians, including an adolescence, a minor. Since 2014, we have been 15,741 political arrests in Venezuela, added Himyov, who explained that the penal forum has assigned free more than 12,000 detainees who are now released on other victims of human rights violations. The penal forum asked to avoid using these detainees as negotiation pieces after an announcement of dialogue with Maduro regime that seeks the opposition led by Juan Guaido recognized an interim president of Venezuela through through a hundred countries. Well, they don't care about 15,000 people that have been arrested for disagree with the Venezuelan tyranny. They've been arrested, you know, since 2014. 15,741 persons that the only uh, crime that they commit is not to be uh, agreed with these uh, communist people. Well... Uh, this is the second, the end of the second part of the program, and we'll be back in a moment. 
If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay. Now, another news. Venezuela tycoon arrested in Miami for alleged corruption in food purchases. And this is not Alex Saab. This is another criminal. Um, he's Over the past decade, Venezuelan affluent Naman Wakil traveled the world searching for business while living with his family in a luxurious 3.5 million coconut grove apartment overlooking Biscayne Bay. On Tuesday morning, federal agents arrest Joaquil in a vast money laundering conspiracy case, accusing him of illicitly amazing a fortune of hundreds of millions of dollars through food and oil contracts with the Venezuelan government and then diverting part of it. From dirty money to the luxurious Miami-Dade real estate market. The United States authorities indict Joaquil because he invested his illicit proceeds in his family's apartment at residence at Vizcaya on Hiawatha Avenue in Coconut Grove, as well as in units of Brickell Avenue in downtown Miami and in the Porch Design Tower in Sunny Isle Beach, among other real estate assets. Joaquil's defense attorney, Stephen Binhack, could not immediately be reached to comment. The 59 years old Joaquil will be having his first hearing in federal court this week. The National Security Investigation Unit carried out a Joaquil arrest, which has been at the forefront of Venezuela corruption and money laundering case in Miami in investigations that began with the Trump administration. Joaquil is the most 
recent of a series of businessmen who have been accused in the federal court of Miami of exploiting their ties with high officials of the regimes of former President Hugo Chavez and the current President Nicolas Maduro to enrich themselves. This scam came through bloated government contracts, lucrative loans, and the rigid foreign exchange scheme. Most of the money drawn has ended up in Swiss and foreign bank accounts, along with South Florida real estate investments. The embezzlement of billions of dollars from the socialist government of Venezuela, particularly from its main source of cash, the national oil company is known as PDVSA, was contributing to the drastic economic collapse of the South American nation, forcing millions of people to flee to other countries. Neighbors and the United States said the U.S. authorities. Wakil, a businessman of Syrian origin, gained notoriety in 2016 when he appears in a series of articles by the McClatchett State, the parent company of the Miami Herald, on the Panama Papers, which exposed the creation of thousands of shell companies that control accounts, offshore banking by wealthy clients of a Panama law firms, Mossack Fonseca. According to the McClatchy's series, the briefcase companies were created to help law firms' clients hide money, make foreign investments, and evade taxes. In 2015, a Miami-based Citigroup banker emailed the Panamanian law firm with a query about the wealthy clients who needs help. The leaked emails from Mossack Fonseca identified that client as Joaquil, a Venezuelan businessman with an estimated fortune of about $400 million with business interests in North Carolina and Miami. Joaquin wanted to reduce his U.S. tax liability to protect his assets from creditors, the memo from his attorney says. The Panamanian law firm proposed to create a series of trusts and of choice companies for the client. But Joaquin was embroiled a year later in a scandal that linked him to a Venezuelan general in an alleged scam that generates $76 million in profit. According to version of the Venezuelan press, Joaquin had access to fabulous business opportunities thanks to his ties in the highest level of the Venezuela government. Joaquil, a legal resident in the United States with Venezuelan passport, was named in 2015 book called The Grey Sacking, 
which alleged that the Venezuelan state is a victim of widespread corruption practices. Subsequently, an online investigative news site, cuentasclarasdigital.org, published a report alleging that Joaquil had provided nearly $6 million to the brothers-in-law of a powerful Venezuelan general, Carlos Osorio Zambrano, in exchange for a lucrative supply contract. In 2018, Bloomberg described Joaquil as a former street vendor who accumulated great wealth by purchasing discount meat products sold at hugely inflated price to the Venezuelan government. Born in Aleppo, Syria, Joaquil immigrated to Venezuela and lived in the Pintari district of Caracas, one of the largest slums in the world, and went from selling merchandise on the streets to accumulated immense wealth. According to the finance, findings on the Venezuela Audit Commission, he had close relationship with Osorio, a major general in the Venezuela army who oversaw billions of dollars in food contract as the nation's food minister. And a news related with this one is Alex Saab, you know, the guy who is uh, right now in uh, Cabo Verde in uh, Africa, detained and waiting to be extradited to the United States. <coughs> But this is the bad news. Defense confident that this could lead to recognition of diplomatic immunity by U.S. courts. The defense team of Venezuelan diplomat Alex Saab is a Venezuelan diplomat but he was born in Colombia and he has Colombian citizenship. Curiously, is pleased to note a significant procedural victory on August in the Court of Appeal of the 11th Circuit and is hopeful that this could lead to the recognition of Mr. Saab's diplomatic immunity by this respected court. Sir Alex Saab has been detained since June 12, 2020 in Cape Verde, Iceland of Sala and had been challenging the extradition request made by, made by the United States. Dr. Manuel Pinto Montero, lead campaigner consul of Alex Saab, said, In effect, the Honorable Court has issued an order indicating that the appeal will proceed to the merit stage and has ordered that the Department of, Department of Justice file its response within 30 days. Dr. Pinto Montaner went on said that my U.S. colleagues have assured me 
that this preliminary ruling removes a major procedural hurdle and also indicates the 11th Circuit's strong interest is fundamental issue of Mr. Saab's diplomatic immunity. But this is very simple. Uh, some years ago, uh, we had a drug dealer uh, detained in, uh, I remember, I don't remember if it was Aruba or Curaçao. His name was El Pollo Carvajal, a former uh, military. And they, the government, uh, government of Venezuela gave him during the procedures, the um, diplomatic status to gain him uh, a diplomatic immunity. But uh, and and they and they and El Pollo Carvajal went free on on that on the, that circumstance. They think that they might do the thing that they did some years ago in the Netherlands islands, but um, it's just a matter to to uh, tell the judge what it was going as a as a modus operandi of this. Uh, um, illegal government of the uh, Maduro's uh, regime. So <coughs> it's it's complicated, but it can be done. Mr. Fermin Salana San, leads a counsel for Alex Saab, commented, with the development of the 11th circuit, the situation can be summed up in the following way. If the Honorable Court decides that Alex Saab is Venezuela, special envoys, and therefore entitled to immunity, the U.S. indictment would be quashed and the United States would be forced to withdraw its extradition request and Mr. Saab would be immediately released. The U.S. Court of Appeals of the 11th Circuit, which ranks in seniority to the Supreme Court of Justice in Cabo Verde, is one of the 13 intermediate courts of appeal within the United States federal judicial system. Federal courts in the United States are divided by geography into 89 districts within the 50 states and Washington, D.C. Appeals from district courts are directed up to one of the 13 immediate courts of appeals, determined by the geography of the district court. Relevant to Alex case, the 11th Circuit hears appeals from federal district courts in Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. Hence, the 11th Circuit of the Court of Appeals that preside over appeals of the Southern District of Florida, the court has seized of Alex Saab's indictment. Importantly, the 11th Circuit will be particularly influential 
since it is the same circuit court that issued a deleting decision of the diplomatic immunity of a special invoice Abdusatis versus Metropolitan Day County in 1984. After the 11th Circuit issues a definitive ruling in Alexa's case, it is subject of certiorari review by the United States Supreme Court, that is the highest judicial institution in the United States. Well, that is what's going on right now with Alex Saab. The next, the next news has to do with elections in the United States and what is the relationship with the Venezuelan government and Venezuela by per se. Just a moment. One American news network reported Channel Ryan as a question at a briefing of reporters of the White House on May 22, 2020. Dominion Voting System has filed billion-dollar lawsuits against two conservative television networks for the alleged spread of misinformation during the 2020 elections. In a series of lawsuits filed on Tuesday, the voting tech company accused the right-wing networks, Newsmax, Newsmax and One American News Network, of spreading misinformation about the 2012 elections, accusing Dominions of rigging the ballots in President Biden's favor via their voting machines. These lies have harmed the company its employees and its customers. Workers have been threatened, their office vandalized, and the company has had to spend upwards 600000 on security for the employees, the suit, the suit alleged. Among other claims, OAN and Newsmax alleged that the Dominion voting machines, which were used in 28 states, delete millions of votes for Donald Trump, a claim that has no basis in facts or reality, the suit state. Newsmax and OAN knowingly and continuously sold the false story of election fraud in the 2020 presidential elections with Dominion cast as the villain. A representative of Dominion told reporters this week. The suit also named OAN CEO Robert Herring as well as his son OAN President Charles 
Herring, the chief of White House correspondent of OAN, Chanel Rion, and a network personality, Christina Boop. Dominion has also sued Patrick Byrne, the former CEO of Stock. He appeared often on OAN and was interviewed as an expert, but similarly spread misinformation about Dominion in the 2020 election, the suit alleged. Dominion is suing Newsmax, OAN, and Barn for a minimum of $1.6 billion each. OAN not immediately respond to a request of comment, but in a statement issued to NPR, a representative of Newsmax said that they have not yet received the lawsuit but defended their reporting. While covering the 2020 election, Newsmax reports an allegation that is well-known public figures, including the president, his advisors, and members of Congress. Their statement reads, Dominion action, Dominion's action today is a clear attempt to sculpt such reporting and undermine a free press. They continue. Tuesday's suit is one of several Dominion has filled since the election. In March, the company sued Fox Network for defamation to the tune of 1.6 million. Dominion has also taken legal action against my pillow CEO Mike Lindell, as well as former Trump lawyers Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani. But this is something very interesting because of the track records on these companies. Um, I was a beta tester on this system uh, using in the state of Georgia. And uh, I was, I asked a question to Mr. Rafa Berger about the machines that we were testing. And my question was, have do these machines have something to do with Smartmatic? And he said, absolutely not. But in this country, you have what you name the track records or the property property records, and it happens that this company, Dominion Voting Machines, was created in two thousand two, and in Toronto, by the way, the, the Secretary of State of Georgia told me that this, this company uh, was a company based 
in Colorado that was a hundred percent an American company. We are talking about Dominion voting machines, but the Dominion voting machines was founded in 2002 by James Hoover and Joe Paulos in Toronto, Canada. That's why the name Dominion, the Dominion of Canada. Okay. So they are they are incorporated in Denver, Colorado, but as a U.S. Uh, secondary um, branch. It's not an American company. It's a Canadian company. First slide of Mr. Rappenberger. The second thing is that this company, through acquisition, they, uh, in June 2010, they acquired another company named Sequoia Boating System. And what is Sequoia Voting System? It's basically a software development uh, company based in um, California. They was because they were they they don't exist anymore. They petitioned uh, a bankruptcy on the Chapter 11 of the Bankruptcy Code. Okay, so this company bought, creates software for voting machines. Okay, in 2005, Sequoia was acquired by Smartmatic, a multinational company founded by three Venezuelan software engineers. And these guys are the ones who implemented the voting system that, that you know, um, uh, create the elections in Venezuela by a guy who I named at the beginning of this uh program named Jorge Jesus Rodriguez Gomez. Okay, they they create a system that always made a winner on what they want. Okay? Could be anyone they want. The voting is one thing, the uh, who they um how and, and who uh, count the votes as a different thing. But the most interesting thing about this this system is that there is a the the a direct relationship between Smartmatic, Sequoia Systems, and Dominion uh, voting machines. And one of the most interesting thing is when Jorge Rodriguez implemented this system in Venezuela, the adoption of Esmarpatic was overseen by the Carter Center. 
So, and there is another note on here. They implemented this asthmatics with Sequoia voting system. And on March 2006, following issues in Chicago and Cook County, where a person of the machine involved were manufactured by Sequoia, Sequoia provided technical assistance some by a number of Venezuelan nationals from in for the event. And the interesting thing is this election in 2006 was the election that put a senator of the um, Illinois state to Barack Hussein Obama. So we are seeing here how a completely, completely unknown person could uh, reach high uh, power positions through a rigged election. And Barack Hussein Obama was elected as senator of the United States by a rigged election, just like President Biden. Well, it's the last uh, minute of our our uh, program, okay? But uh, the thing is that Venezuela is in the mouth of a lot of people in a lot of criminal cases and that's what it is uh, we'll see you next week thank you David Moxley uh, I want to remind the people to go to America's Web Radio and patronize this station you're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.